where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. This morning we are going to be looking at the gift or the fruit of the Spirit that is generosity. So you see what fruit came to mind for me on the cover of the bulletin. Apples. I've never seen, I'm sure there are apple trees that don't produce a lot of fruit, but I've not seen one. In fact, the example that comes to mind for me is crab apples. And it's never really clear what to do with them. But I have a story of a woman that I met. This was back in Connecticut where there were apple trees everywhere, or so it seemed. And this woman was grieving deeply. Her daughter had died, and she just was beside herself, as any parent would be. And she began walking her neighborhood. And she would, you know, without fail, step on these crab apples. And sometimes they would do a little twist of her ankle. Sometimes they would just catch on the bottom of her shoe, but it was a mess. And that's how she was feeling on the inside. So it sort of matched. But then she started to look at the apples a little bit differently. And she began her walks with a bag. And she would pick up the crab apples that weren't smushed. I mean, they weren't, they weren't the kind of apple that you were going to see in the grocery store. They weren't even seconds. They were probably thirds and fourths. But she just kept filling her bag as she walked. And she did this for several days. And then she decided that she was going to make applesauce. So at this point, after all these days, she had a combination of all different kinds of apples, not just crab apples. But any of the apples that she saw on the ground, she just picked them up and she made applesauce. And anyone who came to, their, to her home received a jar of applesauce. I was on the receiving end of that, and I have to tell you, it was quite delicious. I mean, a little bit of sugar always goes a long way, right? It can make even the most sour thing taste better. Not that there's anything wrong with sour, but sour applesauce, I, I wasn't ready for that. So here was this example of the bounty, and, and she went into great detail about her walks and where she would go and picking up the apples. And what it taught her was the generosity of creation. How there she was in this difficult place of despair and grief. And how these apples helped her to find a purpose, however seemingly insignificant, but it became sort of her job to pick them up and to turn them into something else. And it spoke to her of the generosity of creation. 
Have you ever noticed the generosity of creation? Has creation ever pulled you literally and figuratively out of a difficult place and helped you to see something in a new way? That's one of the ways that generosity can speak to us. When, something, when we refer to something as a gift of the Spirit or a fruit of the Spirit, I think one of the ways that um, sort of the litmus test, if you will, is that it connects us to something outside of ourself. And to call it a fruit or a gift of the Spirit also says that God's Spirit is present. God's Spirit is at work. And this is certainly the case in the apple example. So I wonder, I wonder what your examples are. I mean, if we look at the definition of, um, of generosity, it's sort of, it's become a virtue. It's a virtue of giving good things to others freely and abundantly. So the apples were given to her, she gave it to others in the form of applesauce. But there's a lot more to this word. In Latin, the root of generous means to beget. to give rise or to bring about, to create. So if we combine the two, generosity is giving freely and abundantly to bring about or to create something. It's not just to give freely and generously, but it's to create something. And I think that more comprehensive definition is helpful when we hear the that are recorded in the book of Acts, which are the early writings of what became Christian communities. So here we are in Acts chapter two. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles or the teachers of the day, the leaders. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers. Day by day, God connected them to others. It doesn't mean, it didn't say that they had They held beliefs in common, because they didn't. There was never just one Christian belief, but they held their goods in common. So this morning, not coincidentally, now that I'm saying it out loud, when a woman and her daughter came to church asking for food, I went over to the bucket where the Our Center food was and said, take what you'd like because we hold it in common, we thought we brought it for one purpose, but then someone showed up. Someone was connected to this community somehow, maybe because of the sign, maybe because of the open door, maybe because they just walked by and asked for food. Holding all things in common might seem like a lofty ideal 
might not seem like something that's even possible in 2022. But if you understand the congregational tradition that formed this congregation and the United Church of Christ, you're living it. This congregation holds all things in common. All of our assets, financial and otherwise, are owned, if you will. Difficult word, but let's just say in the custody of this community, of each person. So when we hold those votes in January and we vote on a budget, that's ours. That's been entrusted to us. That's something we take seriously, even though it just seems kind of like, do we really have to vote on this? And the answer is yes. Because it's this generation's responsibility to answer those questions of sort of what does our giving bring about? What do our assets bring about? What do our resources create? Those are questions that are continually being asked from generation to generation to generation. Now, generosity might come more naturally to some than to others, but that's okay because generosity can be learned. So we've got a, I've got a brief video that I found, and it's not really clear in the beginning, but I just want to let you know that this um, young person who's speaking was given a gift when she was 11 years old. She was not a gift. When she was 11, her parents gave her $100 with special instructions, and you'll hear about that. But the young person you see now is in high school, so there was a big time lapse. So let's take a look at this video and look for what generosity has to offer. For Christmas 2011, my parents had given me $100, and they told me use it to make a difference in someone's life. My husband and I gave both our kids, my son and my daughter, both received $100 each in cash. We told them to use all of it or some of it to make somebody's life different. It came with just one condition, that they could not put the money into a charity box. They had to think through and make the most out of it. I knew right away that I wanted to donate this money to Smile Train to help a child get cleft lip surgery. One surgery cost $250 and I only had 100, so I had to find a way to come up with the rest of the money. We were learning about recycling and ways of helping the environment. I learned how in California you can make money by redeeming recyclables. So I came home, I talked to my mom about it, and she really liked the idea. She said we could start saving the recyclables we have at home, we can ask from friends and family. It took me about two months to raise the $150 I needed to add to the 100. After I made that first donation, I felt like really happy, and I just decided that feeling made me want to not just stop there to keep doing it, and it just took off from there. So Recycling for Smile started when I was 11, and as of today, we have raised over $75,000 by redeeming over 70,000 pounds of recyclables. 
there is something else that we do as a family. We have the habit of asking, okay, tell us like something good that you have done that day. Could be uh, like saying something nice to a person who was not feeling well or opening the door, for, you know, little, little things. So that's something we shared every time we shared a meal as well. They don't need to be born generous. They can learn how to be generous by looking at watching others. They have also noticed how happy they, they feel by giving, you know, making somebody's life different. I think generosity is a form of gratitude, is a way of showing that you're thankful for what you have in life and that you want to maybe help people who may not, who don't have as much as you. It really makes a difference in in our lives as well as a family, because we are happy. <laughs> I think what parents can do to encourage their kids to do good things and help others is just to set a good example yourself for them, educate them about there are people in this world who are in need and and also maybe showing them that really in life there's a lot to be thankful for so a way of expressing that gratitude is maybe to help people in need who may not have as much as you right what a beautiful story I think one of the things that really struck me and surprised me was that given the $100, you know, they had to use a portion or all of it, right? And she chose something that exceeded that amount, something that would require the effort and the creativity to raise more money to make it happen. And it obviously is an ongoing piece of her life and piece of her family's life. And many others joined in the effort. It wasn't just a solitary effort. And all of that came from a $100 bill given to an 11-year-old when Beth and I read the news that the Colorado Tabor refund was going to be distributed. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, anyone who filed a tax return in Colorado is gonna be receiving a check for $750. And if you file jointly, you get $1,500. So when we learned that that was gonna happen, we immediately said, well, what are we gonna do with it? This is an opportunity. And while it's easy to have the attitude, well, it's ours, we can do whatever we want, we should maybe go do something for ourselves, but like with the stimulus checks during the pandemic, you know, we always sort of took those opportunities to consider how we might be generous beyond our typical generosity. And I wanted to invite you into that as well. Uh, in the next two Sundays, starting at 9.30, if you'd like to be a part of a conversation around what you might be thinking 
or what you might like to do, or even if you might be thinking, well, maybe we should pool some of our money together and use these checks uh, for a, a different kind of impact. Come on Sunday morning at 9.30, either next week or the week after. I don't think you'd have to come to two, but you can. That would be great if it's an ongoing conversation. But let's be in conversation around that together because that kind of discernment about money is what churches do all the time. What are we going to do with this money that has been entrusted to us rather than what are we going to do with the money that's ours? I know you hear the difference. Because generosity is an attitude that recognizes that we individually and collectively have enough. Now, I want to say maybe not everybody has enough, like the person who came this morning asking for food and who left with two bags of food. Not everybody has enough. So thankfully, some people brought in bags of food this morning. Don't ever underestimate bringing in a can of peaches or a can of corn or a jar of tomato sauce. We don't all give in equal measure, but all that is given is distributed generously. We're asked to not give the same. We're just asked to give, to let it go, to let it be used. If it were energy, we want this energy to have momentum, don't we? We don't want it to be stagnant. You know what happens in stagnant water mold and mosquitoes, not life. We want energy to be released. And it's easy to be possessive. I do it sometimes, I'm sure you do too. I earned it. Well, the pandemic, you know, these pandemic lessons, they keep on coming, don't they? The people that we called essential, that really get paid a fraction of what's possible. What if we were to shift those individual attitudes to a communal perspective? Not just communal, but communal for the purpose of creating. And not just creating, but bringing God's dream to life. You remember God's dream, right? Where love and mercy transform where peace and nonviolence are practiced, where justice liberates and restores. Our collective generosity does this, whether it's giving weekly or monthly or the bonus legacy gifts, like the one that was announced last week from Linda Pettit. Those boxes in the back of the church, they're not charity boxes. Remember the mother said, don't just put it in a charity box. You see what happens with that money. It's not, it's not just sending a check somewhere else, and I happen to think there's nothing wrong with that, but what we're going for, and I think what her parents were going for was the connection. Connect yourself to something. Those boxes in the back of the sanctuary are connected to everything that happens in this space and in every space on this block. That's a lot. That's a lot to be connected to. 
And it's for a purpose. It's for the greater good that glorifies the one that we worship and proclaim here. For the one whose dream has claimed us and connected us to others. Listen to the ways that some of these big dreams have connected us to others. So you've all heard about the Micah homes, right? This is not the first church on the planet to give away property, but in this area it was. And it was a bold and courageous thing. And so then, of course, as generosity goes, people started asking questions. Well, gee, I have some land. And then, of course, there was someone that went knocking on doors that said, you have some land. Look at what you can do with it. And we know who that person was. And it's coming to fruition. It's connecting us to other people. I honestly, since I've been here, I've received at least six phone calls asking about microhomes. And twice it's been people writing articles about churches and land use and what they're doing with it, and I connect them with Carol Mathis Craft. And she takes it from there. That generosity is a connector. I had other examples, where are they? The community garden, again, Community garden concept is not new to UCC Longmont. In fact, there are other people that saw it that said, hey, we could do that here. And then since we did it here, there were other people that did it in other churches. I think there was one like in, in Illinois. Because we're connected. And it sparks imagination. The gun violence reduction ministry You know this, for some of you. You know, we immediately partnered with the Longmont Community Foundation and tens of thousands of dollars were donated anonymously. We're connected to somebody. We don't know who they are, but we're grateful. And now with the Boulder County, what is it, Ann? The district attorney's office is raising money for that ministry. We all have a vested interest in housing, in growing food, and helping communities eat healthy food, in reducing violence and keeping children safe. You don't have to be a part of a church to be connected to these ministries. Generosity is not an exclusive Christian value or invitation. It's what connects us to other world religions and to other people in general. And our space. Listen to how our space is used through the lens of generosity for the children of Montessori that is now expanded. It's a dedication of space to that educational process that is affordable just like the public Montessori program is affordable. It's on par with that cost. For the other faith communities that use this space, and there are several, not just Iglesia, not just the Shabbat group, but Longmont United uh, Unitarian Universalist Presence uses this space now. 
for music and the arts, the Longmont Youth Symphony, Resonance Choir was going to, has used this space, and hopefully will again. There's a junior high and a high school jazz group that's going to be using this space. Why? Because it's affordable. Why is it affordable? Because of your generosity. Early on, when we had to sit down and decide what we were going to do in the pandemic, the ministers and moderators had a critical conversation that I go back to often. And we asked two questions. The first question was, are we going to apply for the um, payroll protection plan? That was the first question. And the answer was no. We could, but we didn't. Why didn't we? Because we didn't have to. Because we had generous givers. And so we thought that we should leave that for people who really don't have other resources. I hope that feels good to know that. Whether you gave a dollar or whether you gave $10,000 or more, you helped to make that possible. And the other question we asked was, what do we have to share? And the answer was space. And we used it as much as we could, following all the guidelines that had to be followed. And we still do, every inch. And I hope that feels good. And it was because that fireside room next door was offered to a PhD student to write her dissertation for no charge that the YMCA was using and is using Fellowship Hall all summer. Because she went to that camp with her kids and said, if you're looking for space, you should check out the church on 9th and Francis. There's a good energy there. She experienced our generosity and was grateful. I could go on and on. This excites me, can you tell? But I'm not going to. Because I want to leave space for you to consider generosity a little bit more. And remember that as a gift of the Spirit or a fruit of the Spirit, whether it's apples or something else, where there is generosity, God's Spirit is present and at work. And our collective generosity always makes a difference for good. Mm -hmm.